WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. The one topic I can think of when I decided to dip my toe into entrepreneurship, Dennis, was being able to make sure I looked valid to my clients. You being one of my former clients, you know, I, I think that you you can understand you got to see a lot of salespeople that came and talked to you. And when I started my business, I had to look like I had all the answers, all the answers to the business that I brought to the table. And I think that this topic today is so important. It's so relevant because for any people out there who are thinking about going into entrepreneurship, who are starting their own business, or even if you are an employee at a company, we suffer from imposter syndrome at some level. So Chris Kelso, welcome. Thank you for being uh, on the show here today. Uh, can you define for us what is the imposter syndrome? Yeah, thanks, Benny. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. And imposter syndrome is, first of all, something that I've also wrestled with as a two-time entrepreneur, as a public speaker, as an author, uh, in a lot of different ways. And so I started studying it uh, several years ago uh, to really understand what was behind it. And to, to define it quickly, imposter syndrome is a psychological term that was coined in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. And it refers to the tendency of many people, it turns out, to overvalue other people's accomplishments and success and mm -hmm. to undervalue or even doubt the reality of their own success. And so what happens is, as an entrepreneur, I can look at Benny and Dennis and say, well, these guys are these guys are successful because they're smart and they're savvy and they they make all the right moves and they seem to have a plan and execute it well and they really know what they're doing. And whereas my success as an entrepreneur has involved a lot of luck and timing and just happening to be in the right place in certain moments. And boy, I sure have made a lot of mistakes along the way. And mm -hmm. any one of those could have sunk me, but I just, you know, figured out a way to get through it. But most of the time, I feel like I'm making it up as I go. I really don't always seem to know what I'm doing as much as everyone else seems to think I do. Mm. And so it's that feeling of maybe I'm a fraud. Maybe I'm an imposter. Maybe I'm not legit. And the, the underlying fear behind imposter syndrome is that sooner or later, someone or everyone perhaps is going to figure out that I really don't know what I'm doing, right? That I'm going to be exposed as a fraud and that if that happens... Uh, it's all going to come crumbling down around me. So that's that's the sort of the crux of feeling like an imposter. And I had the privilege of going through a, a group with Chris last summer. There was about 12 of us that met every other week and actually went through the chapters of the book. And it was really interesting, one, reading and, and listening to other people's challenges that they had. And then I was thinking, because personally in mine, I haven't really, this this subject never even phased me. But then as I started listening, I'm thinking, okay, what about all the people that worked for me or people that I've interacted with that, you know, are they really going through this? And so it really changed my perspective on how to, to kind of look at people and, you know, help them understand that, Hey, they're all valuable and that everybody adds something to the mirage of the picture of what we're trying to build and make come to life. Yeah. It's really important to, to, as a leader, especially to be aware of this phenomenon, this, this thing that happens, because even if you're not dealing with it, you're personally and experiencing it, um, statistically, 
up to 70% of the population wrestles with imposter syndrome at some point in their career. And so definitely somebody around you is. And the, the, the sinister thing about imposter syndrome is that this feeling of maybe I'm not legit, it makes you feel like you're the only one. I'm the only one that doesn't really know what I'm doing. I'm the only one that doesn't deserve to be here. I'm the only one that, uh, that is at risk of being exposed for, you know, not having it all together. And, and that, that isolation, that feeling of I'm the only one prevents people from talking about it, uh, which, uh, which means that people are not going to come up to you and say, I have imposter syndrome. Can you help me? Uh, they're going to be afraid to say that, right? They're, they're, they're worried that if they say that, that is the exposure that they fear. And so you have to, you have to pay attention and recognize the signs so that you can actually extend a hand out to someone and help them to understand the mind game that's going on in their head and that it, that it's not real, that it's, that it is just a mind game. And Chris, I would assume also with, with us, a lot of us working remotely now that even makes this challenging for some people even greater because before they at least had the reinforcement or other people around them that could kind of be their reinforce that, Hey, I am doing a good job or, I am better than Susie, so I'm okay. Now they don't. It's it's the Zoom stuff, and I kind of interact, but I don't really interact with people. I mean, what do you? Yeah. What's the, your thoughts on that one? The the isolation can um, can definitely exacerbate it. You know, one one of the things that I've recognized over years and years of of leadership development and working on teams uh, as a consultant with a lot of different companies is that trust and 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 relationships are not built in the formal meetings that we have. They're not built sitting around the conference table and talking through the agenda and going through the reports. They're they're usually trust is built in the the side conversations, the hallway conversations, the the proverbial water cooler talk and the you know the pre-meeting and the post-meeting. And so the the risk that we run in this um, very distributed, disconnected work from home um, culture that we're, we've kind of been in for a little while is that that those conversations aren't happening as much. Mm-hmm. We still meet, we still talk, we still interact, but we're talking through the agenda. We're working on the problem. We're you know we're solving those issues, and then we're not having the hey, how was your weekend? You know what's going on here. Um, Hey, you seem down. What's up? You know, let's talk about it kind of conversations. And those are where real relationships are built and where trust is built. And that trust is what helps people to open up and talk about the things they're wrestling with. So I think that's definitely been a, a, a constraint or a, a problem that we've had with the distributed nature of our work now. When I think about the imposter syndrome, I've always thought about it from an in a leadership or, or an entrepreneur's perspective. And you had made mention of this in, you know, before the podcast in, in, in the idea that as, as the business owner leader, I'm supposed to have all the answers. I'm supposed to know everything. And that can be a really lonely feeling, but you, you know, and, and obviously, you know, there, there are elements to that, that, you know, you do need to have some of these answers, but what does that really mean? Do we, do we have all the answers or what are we really just kind of psyching ourselves out by thinking that? Yeah. It's, you know, statistically, I mentioned that 70% of the population will experience imposter syndrome, um, but statistically it is more prevalent among high achievers. So the more ambitious you are, the more aggressive you are, the more you are, the more likely you are to, to push the boundaries and try new things and 
you know, the more you try to grow and, and strive to do things, the more likely you are to run into a position or to get yourself into a position where you feel in over your head, where you feel like you're, you've, you know, you've outkicked your coverage a little bit or you're over your skis or, you know, there's lots of metaphors we can use to say, uh, I bit off more than I could chew to some degree. And that's, that's part of entrepreneurship, right? Entrepreneurs are risk takers. Entrepreneurs are by nature, you know, experiment and learn type of people. But, um, but even those that aren't business owners or entrepreneurs, people that are leaders, people that are ambitious, um, people that are trying to further their career are likely to run into those situations where they feel like I've, I've gotten into a situation I don't actually deserve to be in, or, um, you know, I've, I've managed to get myself here, but I don't think I can go any further. Maybe I'm out beyond myself. And that's where that feeling of imposter syndrome really starts to kick in. I have a very good friend. His, he runs a business that certainly does over a hundred million dollars a year. If you ever met him in public, you'd think he's the well-composed guy and super Mm -hmm. intelligent, but he's a friend of mine. And so I know the truth and he feels that he's an imposter. And I, 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 as I talk to him, I'm like in awe. Why do you think that for even a nanosecond? And that's, and, and so that should take a little bit of comfort. Anyone's listening out there. Maybe you can tell me if I'm right on this one, Chris, is that, even the people who are the most accomplished yeah. feel that they're imposters at times. Yeah, I think even more so. It's it's like I said, it's prevalent. It's more prevalent among those high achievers, and uh, and we just we just don't talk about it as much. And mm-hmm. you don't hear that when you see their story, when you see their uh, their accomplishments, when you see the sort of public persona. Um, not enough of them are talking about the the struggles that they wrestle with behind the scenes. And that's one of the reasons that I wrote this book and that I have just gotten a lot more open and honest about my entrepreneurial journey, um, both to let other people know that successful entrepreneurs and, you know, business people and, and leaders do wrestle with this and also to give them a little bit of encouragement. If, if you're wrestling with this, that, um, you know, there are ways through it. There are lessons that can be learned. There are ways to counteract that mind game that goes on in your head. Chris, so with, so if I'm a leader and I've, you know, I've, I'm kind of wrestling with this imposter syndrome thing, I mean, what are some of the negative things that happen to the organization and the people around you? Yeah, the, the, the biggest negative effects of imposter syndrome are that it causes you to be more risk averse. It will cause you to uh, to work harder at managing your image rather than, um, you know, being honest and taking risks. Um, it'll cause you to try to avoid failure and uh, to, you know, to only do things that are safe and only take the sure bets. And so you're going to miss out on opportunities. It can develop into a downward spiral. There's a, there's a story that I wrote in the book. It's a, I changed the name to protect the, the guy who was honest enough and, 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 kind enough to share his story, but he, he told me the story of self-sabotage where um, the higher he got in a company, the more he felt like a fraud and he started actually doing things to hurt himself. He started missing meetings. He started mm. avoiding assignments. He started, um, you know, just his work began to suffer. It was almost like he believed he would fail so much that he made it true. And I would think that it would also, it would impact them the people that work for him as well, because I'm assuming the trust level maybe isn't as strong yeah. as it, it ought to be. Yeah. And, and when there's insecurity, that's, that's, um, that's not admitted and acknowledged. The thing is people see it. 
and and they may not explicitly overtly see it and know exactly what it is, but they have a sense for it. And so when you try to pretend you have all the answers, but you know, deep down you don't, um, it's what I call proud insecurity. It's this outward trying to overcompensate for your insecurity by, by acting like you know it all and you have it all together hmm. and people see right through that. And, um, and so it does break down trust. When, when a leader is unwilling to admit that they don't know something or that they don't have it all figured out, or even that they're scared or nervous or that they, uh, they're not certain about the future, when they're unwilling to admit that, it breaks down trust on their team and it causes people to, to not be able to believe them anymore. Because, yeah. I mean, you know how it is when someone acts like Superman and they're Im- impervious and impenetrable, y- you just don't believe that after a while. You you know that there are flaws and that there are cracks there. And so when you, as a leader, you get honest and you start to open up and be vulnerable and, uh, and, and let people know that, Hey, I don't have all the answers. I, I have confidence that we can figure out the answers, but, but I don't always know what's going to happen and we're going to try something and it may fail. And if it does, we'll learn from it and we'll move on. Um, when, when you get real with people about that, you build trust and, mm-hmm. and, and you create uh, more of a sense of, um, of respect on your team and they can, they can follow you because they know you're not leading them blindly off of a cliff. I think, I would think in today's world where labor is hard to find, that's an important piece to be aware of because you may have people abandoning your team because of that lack of trust. And yeah. it could be the imposter syndrome. It could be other things. But again, you know, as we're always trying to figure out how do I keep team members, that's an important one to remember as you're running your business. Yeah. And, and along those lines too, Dennis, you know, we've kind of been thinking and talking about this from the leadership angle. You, us as the business drivers and owners, and that's a lot of the f- focus here. But the part that we as the business owner and leaders that, uh, you know, we're driving our companies or we're leading our teams, imposter syndrome goes down to the lower levels and people who report to us, they are just as easily uh, susceptible to the imposter syndrome too. Right, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I've, it's interesting. I was just a couple of weeks ago with a company and I did a, uh, a, a workshop for their annual meeting. So it was the entire company, the whole team top to bottom. And we talked through imposter syndrome and how it manifests. And we did some things and listening to the conversations that played out and the the exercises that they did together and hearing, you know, the founder CEO of the company alongside someone who was a, you know, a project manager or a, you know, more of a ground level employee, um, listening to them converse and realize that they struggle with some of the same concerns and fears and insecurities and that, you know, the, the, the CEO is worried that people are going to, you know, figure out that he doesn't have all the answers or that he doesn't know what he's doing. And the, and the, the new employee is, is having similar concerns that, man, maybe they got into a job that they aren't quite qualified for, or they feel like they're not learning fast enough. And they're worried that, that everyone's going to look at them and say, how come you're not getting this stuff quicker, or you're not getting up to speed. And, and, and they hold back because they they they're afraid to say something stupid, so they uh, they don't contribute. But then, in reality, people are looking at them, thinking, "We wish you would contribute more." <laughs> and so the the very fear that that you know they don't want to look stupid or they don't want to say something wrong causes them to hold back. And and then that's what people are critical of or, or are wishing that they wouldn't do is is stop holding back, start contributing your ideas because we need those fresh perspectives. So seeing it 
sort of top to bottom. Um, it, it's diff- It's a different experience for everyone, but it's a very common experience uh, that that you know affects a lot of different people. That's that's really you know insightful and helpful because I know that we kind of get self-absorbed and think about the imposter syndrome for us, but not everyone uh, can recognize the fact that other people might be suffering it and it's going to impact the whole company. It sounds like just what you were talking about earlier is just like, like the deep, honest conversations and letting people know. I know in, in whenever I've led teams, I one of the things I like to say is I'm okay with anyone failing. And I can, mm. I, I remember saying that one time and seeing like the shoulders go down and like, oh, okay. I said, hey, I failed plenty of yeah. time. Yeah. And, and and just knowing that that there, it's okay to not be perfect and we're going to screw up. You know, and, and you take a look at, I, I like to look at, you know, people who are taking huge risks like Elon Musk and, you know, I don't know, starting a space company seems like a really, you know, kind of risky thing to do, but he's okay with failure. And I think yeah. those are things that speak volumes. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I've developed a mantra that, you know, if, if failure is learning every time, every time I fail, I can learn something from it. And in fact, failure is only truly failure if you learn nothing. Mm. Right. And so the mantra that I developed is that when I attempt something for the first time, or when I experiment, when I try something new, I'm either going to succeed or I'm going to learn. Those are the two outcomes. And as long as I do one of those things, I get something good out of it and it moves me forward. And so having that mindset of failure is learning will definitely help you to avoid that fear of failure that causes you to be conservative, that prevents you from taking risks and ultimately prevents you from getting the learning you need to succeed. So failure equals learning and learning leads to success, which means that failure is a stepping stone on the road to success. Chris, if there was anything that if any of our listeners here who happen to listen, be listening to the podcast right now, do you have, you know, I, obviously there's going to be a lot of information in your book and we want to make sure that people pick up a copy of that. But can you tell us maybe a couple of things that people can work with if they feel they're suffering from this and, you know, maybe it's immobilizing them and, and, and hurting them in some way? What are a couple of things that maybe you could share with, uh, with those folks? Well, we've we've touched on the two biggest um, the the two biggest tactics of that voice, that inner critic that tries to tell you that you're an imposter. And those two tactics are number one, to isolate you, to try to convince you that you're the only one feeling this way and that you can't talk to others about it. And the second one is to uh, make you afraid of failure, to to force you to become very conservative, very risk averse. Uh, and to avoid anything new and 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 those new uh, opportunities or those those experimental areas, those areas outside of your comfort zone, that's where the opportunity is. And so it's gonna cause you to sort of you know pull back and and shelter in place and and not to learn and grow. And so you've got to learn to overcome those two fears. I um I, I actually offer on my website, overcomingtheimposter.com, a free chapter, a free sample chapter from the book. And it's honestly one of the best chapters in the book itself. And so if listeners are you know, hearing this and want to learn more about this and, and figure out some, some practical ways that they can start to change their mindset about failure and success, um, they can go to overcomingtheimposter.com and get that free sample chapter that'll give you a uh, uh, some really good insights on that fear of failure in particular. Chris, I know that you have done a lot of research, obviously for your book. And and, and I, I think there's a passion for you to understand this. 
what has been the biggest idea that maybe has impacted you, maybe affected you or changed your ideas when it comes to the imposter? Yeah, I spent several years before I wrote this book, um, you know, researching this phenomenon and um, interviewing a lot of entrepreneurs and innovators and and getting their stories. And, and I also spent some time diving into my own history and sort of looking at the, 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 you know, the arc of my career and those key pivotal moments when I felt like an imposter, when it was really something I was wrestling with. And I had this realization that the moments that I felt the most insecure um, were often the most pivotal moments of my career. There were times that I was in a in a in a crowd of people or a circle of people that intimidated me that I felt like you know I was the junior and I didn't deserve to be there but but that meant there was great opportunity there there was a lot of learning that could be done there was you know people that I could draw from or I was trying something new I was experimenting I was uh, you know taking a risk and there was a great potential upside. And so every single thing that I've accomplished that I've been really proud of has been preceded by that feeling of, man, I may be, I may be in over my head here. And once I had that sort of aha moment, I started to realize, I started to recognize imposter syndrome as a sign of great things happening, hmm. as, a, as a positive marker that I'm on the right track. If I'm feeling a little bit insecure, if I'm feeling a little bit in over my head, if I feel like I'm, I'm, I've found my way into a group of people or an organization or a situation that, that I don't quite deserve to be in, that's a good thing. That means there's a, a possibility for me to learn, to stretch, to grow, or to accomplish something great. And so I started to just see that as a great marker. And in fact, if I'm not feeling a little bit in over my head, if I'm not feeling like I'm stretching somewhere and I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, then I'm probably not taking enough risk. I'm probably playing it a little too safe. And so now instead of running from that feeling of insecurity, I actually lean into it a little bit. I say, aha, that, that imposter voice, that, that voice that's trying to tell me that, that I'm at risk here, that's a good sign. I need to push forward. I need to persevere because there's something great on the other side of this if I just stick it out. See, for all of you who have never felt like an imposter, you're not pushing yourself harder now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Overcoming the imposter, Chris Kelso. And that is Chris, spelled with a K. Chris, how can people get in touch with you if they want to talk to you about their, about their thoughts about, uh, and, and be able to, to, to reach out to you? Um, how do they get in touch with you? So I am pretty easy to find. If you remember that my name starts with a K, K-R-I-S-K-E-L-S-O. Uh, you can find me at chriskelso.com. I'm fairly active on LinkedIn and uh, and some of the other social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter and the like. And um, and certainly overcomingtheimposter.com. You can find out all about the book, about my uh, you know keynote speaking and some of the workshops and exercises that I've done. Um, and as I mentioned on either one of those sites, you can get a free chapter of the book and uh, also sign up to get some more information from me. Um, on both of those websites, there's a form where you can send me a message directly and those don't go to some uh, administrative assistant or uh, corporation. I read those personally and respond whenever I can. So I uh, would love to hear from your listeners and, and help out in any way that I can. Take advantage of it, folks. Chris, this has been wonderful. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. We look forward to uh, having you back on here again. I think this was uh, great. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Benny. I enjoyed this. 
You've been listening to WSH with Two Guys. We'll see you next time.